0: What's up, everybody? This is Patrick Jones, and you're listening to The Road to the Show. On this episode, we have Jason Ferber. Coach Ferber is currently the coach for the 2019 U.S. Elite Baseball team. Um, He has been instrumental in getting hundreds of kids, uh, scholarships over the years. And one of the reasons why I wanted to bring Coach Ferber on is is I've been following him for several months now, and he just – he does – he gives back to the game of baseball, and he he really is a coach who does it for the right reasons. I think so many times, especially in this day and age, everyone's you know trying to make a quick buck here and there. And Coach Ferber gives out so much free information to kids, and it's just really inspiring. And I just, I, I as soon as I started following him, I was like, I, and I started decided to get this uh, podcast going. I was like, I got to get this guy on the show. He's awesome. He knows so much about the game of baseball. He gives out some incredible tips in this episode from how to get recruited, how to approach a college coach. Should you go to showcases? Should you not go to showcases? Uh, swing, you know, your different swings. Um, should you implement a certain swing just because a facility teaches it one way or not? Um, we cover a ton of stuff in this episode. And I guess I was told coach Ferber, I just got the phone with him. Uh, Last night, this one is when the episode came out, and this is his episode. I mean, he really takes it and brings it to a new level. Awesome information. Um, You guys are really going to enjoy this. Without further ado, Coach Ferber. What's up, everybody? This is Patrick Jones. You're listening to the Road to the Show. Today we have on Jason Ferber, Coach Ferber. Thanks for coming on in today. Thanks
1: for having me, Patrick.
0: I will tell you what, man. I've been watching your Yankees. I know you were telling me before you went to the Yankee game last night. They're they're hot right now. What was that atmosphere last night when you were going to the game?
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was special. It was different, and you know, it, way different than the regular, couple of regular season games I went to. And even though they're playing well, it just seemed like. You know, the energy was electric in there. They, they, uh seemed like probably from, you know, the past few years, they haven't had that kind of excitement in October. And, uh, you know, a lot of the fans that were, you know, around me in my area, in my section, they were everybody was kind of vibing. Um, you know, a lot of positive energy, people slapping high fives. It was, it was fun to watch because it was one of those comeback victories that they really needed.
0: Yeah, oh, I definitely agree, and i I know Aaron Judge has been going off lately. Um, we were talking a little bit about before the interview about you know some of his uh, mechanical uh, things that he's been doing and this, his development over time. What have you seen from Aaron Judge over the past year? Over the
1: past year, I feel like you know, first of all, you, sh- you start out with a kind of a genetic mutation as far as abnormal physical capabilities with crazy amounts of strength. And it's a combination of, you know, physical gifts. And then obviously learning to hit at that level is, uh, is a lot different than hitting at the lower levels. There's a reason why guys, you know, at at the double A level, a lot of them um, stop playing because the, 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 the way it works is just a little bit different. So I, I, I feel like uh, earlier in the year and, and, Once he got on that hot streak, um, you know, I I feel like the the best hitters in in major leagues are the guys that can get to the high inside fastball and the low and away slider without using so much body movement to kind of determine the direction of where the ball's going. And um, they found a hole in his swing for a little while, but he made an adjustment it looked like to me. I I felt like he was on his backside a little bit too much when he was going through that problem where they found the hole in the swing and kept pitching him kind of like starting balls in the middle of the plate and running them up and in on them. Um, you know, so, so I, I felt like he made a really good adjustment because it just seemed like he was riding his backside a little bit too much. He just came to a little more of a balanced position was what I see now. And also his pitch selections a lot better. He was, you get to a point, I feel like Girardi might've probably should have benched him during the Cleveland series. Towards the end, when they went towards the middle, when he was in that slump, I thought he should have benched him a week earlier. He waited like two weeks, and a player like that in Yankee Stadium with a lot of high expectations, sometimes you need a break, you know what I mean? And maybe it's just a recharge and a reset. But, you know, I really liked what I have seen He's battling some some uh, great at bats, and he's, he's coming up big and clutching the series at bat after a bat. So I, I'm, I'm happy for a young guy like that.
0: Yeah. And that makes complete sense. I'm glad you brought up kind of how he was kind of just a, he's also first and foremost, a genetic freak of nature. And a lot yeah. of these, you know, you see on social media, all these people these days who are, you know, swing up, hit the ball in the air, you know, they see Aaron Judge hitting all these bombs. And so they're teaching all these kids, uh, no matter if they have power or not, to get the ball in the air.
1: Well, I mean, that that's the, the general trend of Major League Baseball. That's, And some, there are, there are some D some D one college programs that I work with that have adopted the philosophy to a certain extent, but it's all again, based on knowing yourself as a hitter is always what it comes back to for me. And I think that, um, everybody likes doubles and triples in the gap. You know, there's no, there's not, there's not a coach out there that would rather have a single get through the six hole than have a ball driven into a gap, but I think the one piece, the major piece that a lot of guys miss when they're doing that, if they're teaching a swing, a major league swing to a young player that's not fully developed, that doesn't have the same grip strength, the same size, the same functional strength, the same speed, the same stride length, they haven't seen the same pitching. You're talking about two different total organisms. And what the main mathematical equation that they leave out of the launch angle is the exit velocity. So I believe if, you know, you can do the mathematics on it and it does work, but if you're the exit velocity off of your bat, the ball exiting your bat doesn't equal, um, uh, you know, the same velocity that the guy that's using that launch angle that's a pro hitter is using, it ends up basically just not carrying as far. So it's more hang time for, let's say, the center fielder, who's probably the easiest out of the field is, center fielder right i mean um right so when i work with my guys or the young guys in high school i do have some guys with 94 95 96 mile per hour exit speeds and um really strong players and we're trying to get some loft and carry but there's a development process you know kids they crawl then they walk then they run then they sprint you know people humans in general and a lot of times you see I think guys just want to rush the process process too much because they see they're actually seeing the right things. They're they're looking at it and looking at it, but they just, I don't think they understand the organism and the task that they're asking a kid to perform when they're saying, you know, mimic this movement from this guy. And it's the best guy in the world at doing that. It's like, um, a guy that's, you know, when, when a kid learns how to play the piano, you know, you, the first song he learns is not Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and expecting <laughs> him to do, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's a reason you start, you start, you start with chopsticks and then you go to Mary Had a Little Lamb <laughs> and then you add, you know, it, it, there's a process and people want to rush it and, and, and because they want to see results and they know what, what's the right thing to do or what they're seeing. But just because you can see something doesn't necessarily mean you can do it. So you got to set realistic expectations with guys like that.
0: So you think, like, facilities uh, – do you see facilities, like, push a swing, a certain type of swing, and it's, like, fear-based?
1: Uh, I see a lot of stuff that's fear-based. A lot of the selling, selling points, are, a lot of things are – it, and it's really sad because not only is it fear-based, A, you're capitalizing – a lot of people will capitalize off of the dreams of young men and young athletes because um, – if you think about sports and you think about baseball in particular, is, is 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 my sport. I don't speak so much for other places, but baseball is even a little bit different than other sports. And the reason why it's different to me is because if you think about America and you know how culture, what our culture is here, you know every every kid that's five or six years old doesn't go play Pop Warner football. They don't all go play soccer. They don't, they may do that later on, but almost every kid, it's almost like the normal thing to do is your kid gets five, six years old. He plays T-ball. He tries it out. It's baseball. Why? It's because it's a team sport. It's fun. You know, um, there's not a lot of contact and danger as before a pitcher starts throwing a ball and guys can kind of, you know, and and it's America's pastime. So usually, but, but, the the thought of my kid's gonna be a pro player one day is somehow ingrained in in the psyche of the parent from a young age and ultimately it's extremely hard, much harder than most people think to do that. Obviously it's two you know there's two million amateur baseball players in America, let's say, are eligible to go be drafting 1500 guys get drafted every year to go play pro baseball so if you're you know if you're gambling those aren't very good odds um but what people will do is at the younger ages when they can still use the fear in place of if you don't do this you're not going to get to this level if you don't do that you're going to hurt your arm if you do do this you're going to hurt your arm if you don't follow what we do so a lot of it is you know, unfortunately it's fear based and, and it's, and it's marketing, you know what I mean? So it's marketing at, at its best. There's a new, you know, <clears throat> philosophy or a new hitting contraption or something, or a new technology comes out all the time, because once people see that there's, uh, there's money to be made, then people start getting pretty, you know, unique and different with the way they approach things. And a lot of times, just if you're just if you're different and it's, and it's something different that somebody could say, I'm doing something different training a certain way than you are, you'll attract a certain group of people. There's a certain group of people out there that want to do something different, which is nothing wrong about it. I don't feel like it's something wrong if you want to experiment with it. The problem is when guys are not certified to actually teach explosive movements and things like that, not only are you... Uh, you know, risking injury and things like that. But you're not really a coach at that point or, or a teacher or an instructor because, I don't know, if you, most of the teachers and instructors that I know, they went to school to be a teacher or they had some type of life experience to be a teacher. A lot of times you'll see guys that really don't have a background in baseball they don't have experience in it. and that's okay I'm not saying that you have to play baseball at even at a high level to motivate another young athlete to play baseball but if you're teaching certain movements to do with explosive movements and and kinetic chains and different things and you're asking somebody to do that and you're not asking them things like what's your prior medical history have you had any prior injuries checking their posture checking their <laughs> their spine and make sure straight see what their stride length is like a personal trainer would do it at the gym. You're not a teacher at that point. You're, you're just experimenting, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but that's what it seems like to me is that you're, you're experimenting on human subjects and you're basically saying, I'll take these 10 kids and I'm going to try out this swing with them for a certain amount of time. And if I find something different on the internet or somewhere else, I'm going to try that out on these guys. And there's no real rhyme or reason to it. There's no real individual specific drills that are tailor fitted for one kid's need that has a hole in his swing as opposed to another kid's swing that has a totally separate thing going on in his swing, but you're doing the exact same drills. So that's from my standpoint, I feel like I just want my guys to be able to know all the information that's out there, but have enough confidence and in themselves and who they are as a person that they don't need to listen to anybody at all, except, themselves and the information that they know that they're getting from somebody that it's valid information from somebody that is trustworthy, I guess. So we're certified in a certain, thing. I mean, I'm not going to have my guys go do weighty balls and, and driveline balls, which I like the program, but I'm not going to have them do that if they're not under the watchful eye of somebody that knows exactly what to look for. If he's not doing it properly or if he, because there's another thing it's perfect. Perfect way to tie in is that, You, anybody can say, I run a V, I I have a VLO program. Anybody can say that on the, on the whole American market. The only baseball is the only place that I would, that I can think of where somebody can say, I can train you in explosive movements without having a training certification. If you think about that for a second, it's a little scary because if you don't know the recovery times that has to do with an athlete, like, and each different athlete, whether they're 13 or 15 or 16, you can't do it by age. That's not the thing. Like, hey, these 13-year-olds are going to do this because I have worked with 13-year-olds that are more developed than 16-year-olds. And knowing their windows of development, how their body works, you have to go to school for that to understand what the recovery time is. So a lot of drills that are these max effort things to get the most out of the athlete, if you don't know the proper recovery times, it would be like doing max effort, power clean, squats. You don't max bench press every single time you go to the gym or guess what? You're going to get hurt. So there's there's obviously smart ways of doing things. And then there's, you know, when the money becomes involved and people say, hey, there's money to be made. Unfortunately, there are people out there that will put money before logic and will put money before caring about a young athlete's future. So that's just some of the problems. I don't want to go so crazy into it, but that's kind of what I see.
0: Yeah. I think you hit it right on the head, you know, all the, I think a lot of parents out there should be asking, you know, the coaches what their background is and not just automatically trusting them.
1: hundred percent. And, and beyond asking the coach, I would say it's a high recommend. It would, I would recommend that you ask players that have played for him. I, I would say that parents, other parents that have played for him because obviously the coach, and this is even when it comes to colleges and college coaches, I don't, when I, When my guys are being, when I take them through the recruitment process, it's not just me. I I want them to know what the experience is like in the school from the athletes. So guys that have come through our program, people that we know that are in the currently in whatever program it is, whatever college program, I like for the players to have conversations with them because they don't get a filter. There's no filter on the player. They're going to tell them exactly what they liked about it, what they didn't like, what they thought it was going to be like, if they're enjoying their experience, if nothing like it was, told it was, and um, this way, you know, the, the 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 young athlete that's actually trying to go to the same program has some good feedback from somebody that's not trying to tell them something, they're just telling them like it is.
0: No, I mean, you you definitely, you get it. I mean, you're going above and beyond as a coach, you know, making sure your players are comfortable and you are, are making the, the right uh, choice in their program and where they go. Um, unfortunately, that's obviously not the case for a lot of players out there. If there's a if there's a kid out there, there's you know a lot of high school kids are going to be listening to this interview. They mm-hmm. so let's just say they they have no idea like how to get started, how to get seen. Do they should they go to showcases? Should they go to specific camps for school? What should they do to try to get recruited to play college baseball?
1: Um, I would say that showcases can be an effective tool. They can be if if the the physical skill set. And that's what they are there to get you just a look initially to get you, um, you know, get your measurements, your size, your speed, your height, your weight, your bat speed, your arms below. Um, the, the thing about it is that you don't need to pay $500 for somebody to take a stopwatch and test your 60 times. You, you, you can do that on your own. Um, and, and, and I would say if you have the numbers, it makes it a lot easier if you understand what, the profile is of the athlete that you're looking to the program that you're looking for, because some of the people might tell you, some people may say to you, Hey, you know what? Baseball is such a great sport because Jose Altuve can, can play it and Dustin Pedroia in there. And, but you're picking out again, the 0.01% of guys that are freaks of nature to model it now. So when you' You're setting goals and you're looking at programs and things you can anybody can go on a d one website of any college program that they want and go look at their roster first and look at the guys and most middle infield let's say most shortstops of power five ACC schools are six one to six three and they weigh about hundred and eighty five to two hundred pounds most of them I'm not saying I'm saying I speak in generalities when I say most i don't I try to when baseball is such an a hard sport to get to each next level that I tend to play the odds with my guys more than um, I like to look what guys are doing. Most of them, not the one or two freaks. You know what I mean? It's right. like, you know, <laughs> most MLB players, they finish their swing with one hand. I don't know why that is. That's because is. there's a couple of freaks like Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and some guys, certain guys that finish them both in, but you can't really, if you think about it, most of the time, there has to be something to that. I don't know. It, it's something. That I'm not saying it's a must, but that's kind of the way I look at things.
0: Do the rankings matter when you go to these showcases like Perfect Game and all these? They they make these rankings. Do those, do those, do those matter at all for trying to get recruited?
1: Has it mattered for my guys? I mean, it matters. It matters if you are. Here's the thing: is that it's so subjective, baseball with when it comes to evaluation that. You looking at the same exact player that I'm looking at, I love them. You wouldn't even put them on your team. Um, you know, there's, uh, I don't know, I would see, I feel like you don't necessarily um, have to go to a showcase. To, and I know guys that are local kids that have never been to a, you know, baseball factor, underarm or perfect game or, or they've never been to it. but they have a solid relationship somehow through someone at the school, um, a former player, alumni. And the most important thing is for me is the college coach or the scout or the cross jerker having a solid connection, somebody that they can trust that can give them feedback. If they trust where the information is coming from, because that's really all they have. If you think about it, a lot of these guys think, I'm just going to go to a showcase and I'm going to go two for two, and I'm going to get a college scholarship. It's extremely not – that might be the picture that some people paint, but that's not how it goes. I've never – I've. we have over 300 scholarships, D1 scholarships, and over half of those the ACC schools in the last five years. So that's a lot of scholarships, so it's has it's been done a lot of times. I haven't been around – and on my team, I coach 2019 guys. I have Wake Forest guys, UVA guys, Duke guys – um, uh, You know, University of Maryland guys, Wake Forest, it, it, all of the top programs that are out there, Vanderbilt, and none of those guys got a scholarship by going to a showcase. Not one that, that like showed up somewhere and they saw it. Now, if you're a top five round draft pick and it's easy for any evaluator on the planet to see that you throw 96 and you're left handed or something, then, you know, nobody needs to know. But those, again, we're talking about. Tiny, you know, odds where just one or two happenstances. When mostly, what they because what they need to see is they need to see progress. So college coaches, they need to see, um, they need to see you once, and it's good. Hey, I like him. Now I want to see him again in another three months, and I want to see I want to take his home the first time. I want to see his bat speed, how he moves on the bases, how smart he is, and then so I want to see him in, in another three three months, and another three months, and I also want to have somebody that is again a trusted source of information not somebody's dad or somebody's cousin or 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 or, um even a ranking i've seen guys that aren't ranked at all and they're going to louisville i have a guy on my team that um he wasn't even a high follow wasn't even a high follow and he ended up getting a scholarship to louisville his sophomore year high school he's a junior now and um as soon as he got the scholarship and he got co- verbally committed to Louisville, he went from not even a high follow to ranked like 10th in the state wow. without showing up, to, without showing up to a showcase. You, 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 you get what I'm saying, right? So it's not rankings. Don't pay so much attention to rankings. Um, they don't really mean that much. It's just a way to generate, um, you know, you need to focus on getting bigger and faster and stronger, be, having the numbers to be able to stand out in a situation like that.
0: So it sounds like colleges, um, they reach out to uh, coaches you know, at, like yourself and a lot of it's just honest evaluation from your p- point of view and you giving feedback, not necessarily like you were just talking about the rankings or anything like that. They're So they're watching them over a long period of time and then talking to you and then mm-hmm. basing their decision mm-hmm. off that. Is that correct?
1: Absolutely. They want to know about work ethic, they want to know about character, they want to know about... Um, they want to know about obviously grades, huge impact. There's nothing that I can do. I have a lot of connections with college coaches, but there's nothing that I can do for anybody that, you know, isn't, that doesn't have the grades to get in somewhere. I mean, it doesn't work that way. Um, not to say that you can't eventually become pro. There's plenty of Dominican guys that go, you know, pro and different guys from all over that. You know, you might go to a JUCO and do that route. There's nothing wrong with doing that. It's just that for, if you're doing it through the process of, I want to get a scholarship to a D1 school, um, you're going to need some help from probably a couple of few valued sources of people to be able to make sure that most coaches are not going to risk their job on seeing a guy play once. Also, because think about it. If, if, uh, if Patrick, you, if, if you were the guy that was scouting me, and I was the kid that was at the at the event, and let's just say he liked how I played and I went three for three that game. I hit two line drives and a double, and man, that kid can really hit. Hey, he could that game and say, but how is there any way of knowing if that was the best game I've ever played in my life or the worst game I've ever played in my life? There's no real way of knowing that. You can see the speed. You can get the velo. You can get all the physical stuff, but it's really important to have the background stuff because guys don't want to risk their job if they make a mistake. Let's say on a twenty nine, if a power five ACC school makes a mistake on say a twenty nineteen catcher and he comes to the program and let's just say he's lazy, that you could you could lose your job for that. So they're not going to just go, hey, the kid throws a one nine, let's get him let's give him a scholarship. They're going to say, what's his family like? High risk is the kid getting the problems at school. If you if they don't know this information, you're just rolling the dice at that point. So. That's pretty much how that works.
0: And also your reputation's at stake as well, right? Because if you're promoting the kid or something like that or not promoting them, um, you know, it's gonna come back. Well, Coach Ferber said, you know, this about him and you know, it's not true, you know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. If 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 and the way that you know, if 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 you have a job like mine, which is the 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 medium between, you know, the college coaches and the young and the, and the athlete, the high school aged athlete. Um, that's all you have is your reputation. So, um, you can get really good at it if, and and guys will keep coming. If you go to a a fishing hole and and you keep on catching fish and, you know, the transition from high school to their level, because of the way that, you know, my team and is structured and kind of the rules that I have in place as far as how it's approached and how academics are approached and also enforcing some rules as far as Just generally how we look, how we present ourselves, how strong of our hand, a handshake is eye contact with people, you know, how you hold conversations in public, the people you surround yourself with, um, you know, all of these different things add up to, well, this is the same. They already have the disciplines in place to be able to go kind of transition into this division one atmosphere of college, which is very, very different than being in high school when you have to take care of you're traveling you're working out there is no time for you to be doing a lot of other things like you can do in high school once you're at that level so you know they, they definitely appreciate knowing that the, the that there's been a stamp of approval on the guy and he's come through a situation where you go well this kid he plays the game the right way and i'm not gonna have to worry about this kid being a problem when he gets here as far as attitude or laziness or he's a prima donna or he's a showcase toolsy player and he doesn't really go hard or any of that other
0: stuff. For your specific team, do you guys, uh, is it really, are you worried about wins and losses or is it mainly development and trying to get the kids college college scholarships? Because I see a lot of parents, really it's just the parents out there, they take it so seriously, the wins and losses, it seems like in summer baseball.
1: Well, they do. um, I'm a competitive person, so I I don't want to sit here and just tell you it's, it's all about development. I believe that there are two there's some different types of people in this world and if you don't if you are not extremely aggressive and um have a edge about you that says i'm going to win once you get into the workforce and there is no mom and dad you know unless maybe they you know know somebody at a company or something and you're fighting for a position with somebody else um if you're not prepared for that and you don't know how to win um, and win somebody over or whatever it is, I feel like that's a part. Is it all about winning? No, not for me. Winning for me is my kid gets one of the players that plays for me, gets a scholarship to a quality program where he's going to receive a great education. But in between that time, I will say that um, we win our fair share of games and, and we played the game the right way. Um, we want to win. Basically, if I win in three categories, every game, um, then it's a win for me, whether, whatever the scoreboard says. And, and that means if I can out hustle out class and out energize a team, I play, usually the scoreboard at the end will be in our favor. Not always. Sometimes in baseball, you run into a buzzsaw and a kid's throwing 90 and you can't do anything. That's, you know, you lose, you know, and that, and that's part of it too. But the, the concern becomes when people use development as a, as a a selling point is, You know, you get a travel program or, you know, uh, any type of program that comes and they lose 17 games in a row and the parents and and I don't know what's fun about that. I mean, it should baseball should be fun. And and when the parents say, hey, what's going on here, we need more personnel or we need to get more competitive and they go, hey, we're not focused on winning here. we're focused on development. Well, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. You need to know. The developing is knowing how to beat somebody, how to win in a, in, a, in a competitive sport. So, you know, I would say it's a combination of both. I don't think you can have one without the other.
0: That makes complete sense. Yeah, I'm really glad you uh, you harped on that. Um, when you're when your guys are getting recruited. Um, do you ever sense some of your guys maybe they they feel like some some pressure or they they might their confidence goes up and down because they, you know a college scouts there looking at them or like how would you handle um, a player who you maybe think that he's his you know he's a little bit stressed out he's not relaxed he's not he doesn't have a lot of confidence because you know college scout is there to watch him maybe he starts out the game zero for two or something like that.
1: You deal with it more now it's more prevalent what you're talking about there than, than it's ever been in the history of the sport for me, from my perspective. Um, and there's a few reasons why it's like that. I deal with, and, and I think people they see the commitments and they see the, the guys achieving the goals and they, they go, man, I, I literally like that. And that's, that's what I want, where I want to be. Except in order to get to that point, you need to be putting yourself in situations where anxiety and pressure and I'm not just talking about pressure in the game, I'm talking about parent, you know, people's expectations in your family, um, people in your school. Hey, when are you going to commit? When are you, hey, you think you're a big shot. You know, a lot of guys deal with a lot of hatred in school that are, you know, young athletes that are competitive and people know they're better than most. And so they put even more pressure on them. And I deal with a lot of stressed out kids, kids that they, um, you know, and, and we do quite a bit of work on how to stay calm under pressure. Um, you know, it's the problem. One of the main problems I see is that a the game itself was not designed to be played the way it's played today in this environment. Um, 15, 16 year old kid, you know, playing in a situation where, you know, he feels the perception of it, not, not saying whether it's true or not, but the perception of him is if I have a bad game or if I make an error, I could cost myself a scholarship and kind of impact my life past just by playing a game is absurd. And I would almost wager everything I have ever had or ever will own that whoever the guy is that created the game, which I don't know, there's I think two guys that were responsible for, you know, like one Double Dumbleday or I don't know the other guy that, that Paul something. I don't know what the guy's name was, but who, let's just say whoever created this game we love, I have a hard time believing. I think it was more like probably, you know, a bunch of guys were hanging out, saying, "Hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna throw this ball. You're gonna hit it over here. We're gonna put you guys in the positions." And it was just a way for young guys to compete and have fun. They didn't picture a hundred different colleges with radar guns, with a 15 year old kid's mindset and confidence level, and the amount of, you know, everything. <laughs> everything that makes you a man into that. And so, yeah, you put, end up putting kids in a situation where they're zoo animals and, you know, everybody's either waiting for them to make a mistake or waiting for them to, to, to hit a bomb. And, uh, it, you know, the kids that can block that out the best, and maybe it's the way they're wired, I think a lot of it has to do with the way they were brought up um, and, and, the, and the, home, the home situation. I think a lot of it has to do with um, if they were allowed to play outside with kids in their neighborhood, pick up games, um, football, soccer, baseball, whatever sport, maybe whether you're good or not, but I feel like a lot of kids that I see that are brought up in a controlled environment with a specialized instructor on every single time he works out and it's never by himself. um, A lot of times, you know, it becomes, I have the money to pay for this guy and, and it seems like it's doing well, but Once I get out into the open and I'm in the pressure cooker in front of a hundred scouts. Now I don't have this guy telling me to get my foot down and do this. And he's running a ball into the barrel of my bat. And he's, he's, you know, there's no fear of getting hit. He's never going to, you know, there's no contact. It's just like, you know, this perfect climate controlled 60 foot cage. And then you go out into the game and and it's, I don't know. I mean, no, I'm not saying that there isn't a place for it. Cause I, I train a lot of guys and do it, but it just has to be a balance between what you're doing with supervision and what you're doing without supervision. So you can get used to being in an environment where, you know, it's okay to fail. And, and, um, you know, once you get into the high pressure situation, it's, it's not so much, so much nerves involved. You see it a lot. You see guys also with, they throw a bullpen and they got great stuff, you know, in the bullpen. And then as soon as they get in the game, Comes in, radar guns go up, and all of a sudden they start throwing max effort as hard as they can because they want to. Instead of playing the game, they want to impress the scout. So yeah,
0: it's a problem. I loved, I loved how you brought up the point where you know if the kids you know just go out and just play in their neighborhood, like it's you're in a competitive environment. It's a fun environment, and you don't have someone you know watching over your back over every single little thing that you do. I mean, that's I feel like that's healthy and that's rare these days.
1: It's extremely rare. I mean, I would say, if you did a study, and they should do a study like this based on what's going on today in baseball, but I always think if you took two if you took two athletes, twins, genetics, exact twins, um, and you took one of them, and at six years old, you gave them a tutor every single day to help them with their schoolwork from six years old all the way to a sophomore in high school. And you took another kid at six years old and just let him fend for himself and say, Hey, if you struggle, whatever, you get bad grades, whatever, just work on it. And you go all the way. It may seem to like to most people, man, this kid has got everything. You've got the guy that already knows what he's doing and he's telling him what to do and how to approach the test and, and, and how to answer this and a multiple choice question. Then you got this other kid that's just fending for himself. Once you get to 10th grade, you take away the guy that's helping the other guy and, I don't think, and you put him in a big test situation, or I don't know who's going to be prepared more. But I, I like the guy. I like actually like the guy that's had to figure things out for himself most of his life and hasn't had his hand held through the situation. Because when you're batting in a situation where there are a hundred scouts and there's a guy throwing ninety with a power slider, there's not really anyone can help you at that point. You know, you, you need to, you need to man can understand that somebody's going to get embarrassed here. You know what I mean? And, and it's not going to be me. But if you are used to getting your handheld held all the time um, and somebody tell you what to do, it, it can be a little bit of a uh, more of a, an experience where it's like I'm looking for help. And a lot of kids these days if you, especially with the Instagram page, a lot of kids are constantly asking for you to look at their swing. And I don't know what that is, but I have kids send me video all day long, nonstop, 40, 50 videos a day. Coach, can you look at my swing? And one is, I don't know if that is because they're not sure of their own swing. Um, I don't know if it's because they think that obsessing on their own swing is going to somehow help what they're doing in a batter's box. But it doesn't make... um, I think that the obsession on the video stuff is, is a problem as well. Um, I don't mean to digress, but there's just a lot of things you're touching on that I'm I'm, I'm going, yeah, that, that, makes, <laughs> that makes sense about this too. But to go back to what I was saying, it's the same way in, in baseball. I, I feel like if you took the two kids, have one in a controlled environment, your help know, every day, do this, do that. Will he know a little bit more about baseball? Probably. You know, will he know how to play the game? Is the other kid the raw athlete that you just said to the kid in the Dominican Republic, and you just said, you know what? Just hit this ball as hard as you can every time you can, from the time you're a kid. Don't worry about how it looks. Don't look at any video. Don't look at. Don't don't worry about what your hands are doing or what your foot's doing. Here's your goal: hit this ball as hard as you can, as many times you can. And you and then you took this other kid and you sat down and you reviewed and you looked at his at, at his end. And let's face it, human nature is to obsess on our own image. And so since the invention of the iPhone. I feel it's gotten a lot more hitters domed up and in their head about what they look like rather than what they feel like. So if you look at something, it's like Patrick, you ever go on vacation and you take some pictures with a group of people and then the pictures come back after the vacation and you start looking through me like, Oh, there's Patrick. No, No, I'm not there. Swift, strip, strip. Oh, there's Patrick. I do it too. Yeah. Right. I do it too. because the, the tendency is to want to see yourself and do it. But what happens is if you obsess on that stuff, it ends up, causing mass problems because you start over-exaggerating things and things that you think you're doing are not what you're actually doing. So you got to be real careful about obsessing on things like that.
0: I'm glad you brought up the Dominican Republic too because, you know, those kids down there, they don't even have, you know, camera phones or iPhones to video every single swing. You know, like you just said, they just, they're out there having fun just trying to hit the ball as hard as they can.
1: Absolutely. It's, again, it's, it's amazing because the way that, the way that the internet makes it seem, with all this technology is like, if you don't have this machinery, this fancy machine that tells you all this readings about what your bat path and what your bat speed is doing and all this, then you're at a loss. You're at a disadvantage, but it doesn't make sense because all these guys that are in the Dominican Republic that major league baseball is just camped out there, pick plucking out raw talent that hasn't been in this controlled environment. They have no idea what there's how many revolutions are coming off of their baseball in the first 10 feet. They don't care. It doesn't, it, it means it's meaningless to them. It's meaningless information. Their, their main point is let me get a signed of pro contract. So my wife I'm, or my, my, let's say my, my mother isn't hungry. Let me run a six, six instead of a six, eight. So I can feed my family. Not so I can get ranked the perfect game or another. So the mentality is completely different. The, the mindset is completely different. Um, and, you know, People can talk about, you know, everybody has different ways of viewing it, but I just feel like um, it's a real bad message to send from a, just to because you're running a business and you're saying that I have a $50,000 machine to make it seem like if you don't have it, you're at a loss. You're not, you're probably, (laughs) if you think about it, because that's a luxury and most things in life, when you get them, when they're softer landings and they're, they're not, and and, uh, the guy that's been grinding, why does he end up getting further? With less, because he's hungry. He's not He's not pampered. There's nothing soft about, you know, going out and playing with one wood bat with eight of your friends. And if it cracks and it breaks, then you keep using it until it shatters, and then you go home. And everybody uses the same size bat. There's nothing, you know. That that's that's why guys are can make adjustments. That's why guys end up being really good at things because they're using. They're not using a, a Wilson A two thousand glove when they're in eight, when when they're eight years old.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean, I mean you just yeah, that's just one hundred percent correct. I'm so happy you hit on that um one more question. you're a very busy man, obviously. um I had a couple kids who sent me a, a message today who who uh, wanted me to ask this question um if if you have if there's some kids out there and they don't have a lot of money and they're but they're trying to get a college scholarship, they want to play college baseball, what advice would you give them?
1: Hmm. That's a really, that's a, that's a, a really, really great question. Um, I would say that because yeah, you, you're right. It's like the, you have to have a solution. You can't just present the problem. And, and I think that's one of the things that, um, I know that team USA, um, that their organization has been working very hard at, um, creating a, a, a model where kids that, aren't necessarily able to, to, to make a trip down to wherever the biggest showcase is and pay $600 for that. And, and the parents don't have the, the ability to do that. Um, they made a model where um, it's, you know, one of them's the NTIS where it's basically um, regional events where they have combines and tryouts to get to um, a, 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 a re, excuse me, they have a regional event to get to let's say the Northeast or the Southwest. and was, or the central region or whatever it is. And then it all ends up as you make it through every one of the process. And I believe it's like $125 to do that. It's not like 700. So they're trying to make it and more available to available to more people and closer because they're breaking it up instead of just making it one point where people have to fly and go do it. So, and if you're making it past these, you know, events, um, it's clearly once you get to a certain point, it's going to alert you know, there are a lot of colleges that go to those events. And I think that's one way that once you get past a certain talent level and, and they can know that, okay, if I go to this regional event, I'm at least going to see some guys that are somewhere close to what I need to be projectable to my level of college level. So I feel like that's one way to do it. Um, I know that team USA does a pretty good job. Um, they got a good reputation. Um, they, 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 uh, they treat pitchers the right way. They have a lot of, you know, they, 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 you know, I feel like they, they're, they're very professional about the way they go, they go about it. And it's not about ranking people. It's about guys making real decisions um, and trying to keep the athlete's best interest in mind. So I would say that that would be one to follow. Um, there are camps, listen, and I don't want to say if you don't have any money to go to a camp, it's one thing, and say that there are situations where if you go to a camp, you can certainly get on somebody's radar. If you feel like your skill set stands out that much. You can go to a college of your choice, go to their camp. Um, I would do a little research and to see if um, if they have anybody at your position that you play committed there in your grad year, just to kind of give you a heads up to see if you have an opportunity, if they're even looking for your position in your grad year. You can do some background work to kind of streamline your process not be going and wasting time and money. You know, guys going to camps or colleges where they have all the 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 position players for that year still, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, I'm so glad. And then one of the reasons why I wanted, you know, you to come on specifically is, is, um, is because you give out so much free information and you, you do it for the right reasons. And, you know, you're really trying to help kids out, And so I just want to say, you know, thanks to you on, you know, while we're recording this because there's a lot of people out there who are in it for the money and I've been following you for several months now and you're, you're clearly in it for the right reason. You give back so much, you give out so much free information. So I just want to say thanks um, to, for doing that for all these kids out there.
1: I really appreciate that, Patrick. And, and to be perfectly honest, the reason why um, I think some of the passion that I, I have in the sport and what makes me, um, kind of enjoy what I do is that, uh, there, there was a, there was a few people in my life that made huge impacts on me as a, as a kid. Um, there was a, a coach in particular. I don't want to mention his name, but he was the coach close to my heart. And he helped me, um, you know, when I didn't have the ability financially, um, like one of the kids you speak about, I mean, I grew up in, you know, Coney Island in, in, in Brooklyn, New York, and I didn't really have, um, a, a lot of, money for equipment or to be able to get places like that. And the guy, you know, people picking me up, um, giving me a ride to, to practice, uh, you know, teach me the game for free with, with, with nothing, no expectations in return. And it made a huge impact on my life. Um, you know, so if I can help even another kid out there and help him get better, even if he's not going to be a division one athlete, that's not good. It's, you know, to enjoy the game and compete and, and, uh, you know play the game the right way respect the game and uh i really appreciate you having me on there and i'm glad i can be able to give back a little something to the baseball community so i appreciate it thank you
0: yeah this is the road to the show uh coach ferber again we really appreciate you uh, coming on today
1: thanks patrick love the show buddy good good luck